Hello, my friends. This is Glenda Taylor. In this podcast today, I want to share with you a few thoughts about the word or the concept of resonance. I find myself using this word a lot lately, so I thought I would delve into it a little bit for myself and share it with you. I will share with you some of the hard scientific definitions of resonance, and I will share with you a story, a story that I think amplifies best the meaning of resonance, and that, interestingly enough, is found in an ancient Native American story, the Hopi creation myth, which is all about vibration and resonance and creativity and gives us some instructive lessons in how we might make ourselves and our society more resonant and less dissonant, if you will. It seems to me that our time now Our culture is very much at a time when we have more dissonance than we do resonance, and we have more disharmony than we have harmony. And so it feels important to me to focus on this. I find myself uh, using this word resonance a lot. However, I have to say right here at the beginning that I really know very little about the hard science of resonance or vibration. And so I check with my scientific friends, and this is what they tell me is the technical meaning of resonance. I am told by a physicist friend that any object free to vibrate does so at its own specific rate or frequency called its natural frequency of vibration. And if there's another object whose natural frequency is in sync, shall we say, is similar or has the same rate or frequency, that when when one object is vibrating in its own natural frequency, it can set in motion, in vibration, another object that vibrates at the same frequency. And this is what is called resonance, says my physicist friend. Furthermore, through resonance, an object that has a comparatively weak vibration, when it is vibrating, can cause a strong vibration in another object. So the result of resonance is a bigger vibration altogether. Indeed, the word resonance comes from the Latin meaning resound, resound, or to sound out together louder, loudly. So much for science. I'm also told by my musical friends that an instrument can be tuned to a certain frequency, and Any objects that are not harmoniously tuned can't become resonant. What does that mean? Well, let's take a guitar tuned to a certain key. It sounds great with a flute or a piano in the same key. You can be in harmony even, even if your 
sounding different notes. But if one instrument is out of key, you have dissonance rather than resonance. And since our world, our societies, as I said, seem so dissonant, so discordant right now, it feels important to me to understand better what this means and how this works. So as I said, I I look to a story, a mythological, perhaps metaphysical, if you care about those words, which I really don't, a story, the Hopi creation story, speaks of the ultimate natural frequency of everything. Hmm. The ultimate natural frequency of everything. And tells of the original vibration when everything was set in motion. Considering this ancient wisdom in the Hopi story, we may find inspiration for bringing ourselves and our troubled world back into resonant vibration and harmony with the original creative vibration. That's what I'm hoping for in this little podcast. So let me tell you now the Hopi creation story and the origins of resonance. I'm going to take this story from a book called The Book of the Hopi, written by Frank Waters. I will retell it in my own words. However, I I will say I will not use the names that Waters uses in The Book of the Hopi of the characters in this story, primarily because I'm not Hopi, And I'd be very likely to mispronounce them or perhaps to misuse them in some way. And one of my understandings about resonance from my own experience and from what I've been taught by Native American and other wise people is that every word and particularly every name has its own natural frequency, has its own uh, vibrational level. And when you speak that name, it carries a power. It has a certain overtone and undertone. As we know, I could call the name perhaps of some historical figure or some pop star, and it would automatically set something off in, in your mind if I said that name. Well, and also we have that mythological story, you know, out of out of Europe about uh, Rumpelstiltskin. Perhaps you heard that story as a child. Rumpelstiltskin was a, a mischief maker, very powerful and uh, like an elf-like creature that could be very useful if you could get him to cooperate, but he could be very mischievous otherwise. But the way you got him to cooperate and to do what you wanted him to do, you had to be able to know his name. If you couldn't call him by the right name, you had no power over him. And so to know the name, the essence of something, and to be able to speak that gives you power over that, or at least an understanding of that, perhaps, that gives you power to deal with that, whether it's Rumpelstiltskin or anything else. So I really do believe, in a way, in this uh, aspect of resonance that has to do with names. And so 
I'm going to choose in, in retelling this Hopi creation story not to use the Hopi name that is given, but to use a, uh, an adjective or a metaphor for that as I'm telling it, that you will get the meaning of it without my calling it by name. So here we go. Let me tell you the, the story of creation. Once there was only endless space, with no beginning and no end, no time, no shape, no life, just an immeasurable void that had its beginning and end and time and shape and life only in the great mind, the great mind alone existed in the beginning. It was infinite. And then this infinite conceived the finite. The infinite became creator. The finiteness created by the infinite looked around and said, Where am I? Who am I? Creator said, I am your relative. You are related to me. I have work for you. Go now and lay out universes in proper order so they may work harmoniously with one another according to this plan I have in mind. Go now and lay out universes in order so they may work harmoniously with one another according to my plan. So, this was done. From endless space was gathered that which was to be manifest as solid substance, which was molded into forms and arranged into nine kingdoms. Then was gathered from endless space that which was to become the waters, and these were placed on the universes so that each would be half solid and half water. Next was gathered that which was to be manifest as the airs, and these were made into great forces and arranged into gentle, ordered movements around each universe. Creator was pleased. You have created the universes and made them manifest in solids, waters, and winds and put them in their proper places. But your work is not finished. Now there must be life on the universes. You... You let let me call you nephew. You nephew, you you need to help to create a life on the universes, and uh, you perhaps need help yourself in doing that work. So, nephew <laughs> went to one of the universes, the first world, and out of it created her who was to remain on that earth and be his helper there. Her name, in English, was called Spider-Woman. When she awoke to life and received her name, she asked, Why am I here? Well, look about you, answered Nephew. Here is this earth we have created it has shape and substance, direction and time, a beginning and an end, but there is no life upon it. We see no joyful movement. We hear no joyful sound. What is life without sound and movement? 
So you have been given the power to help us create this life. You have been given the knowledge, wisdom, and love to bless all the beings you create. That is why you are here. Following these instructions, Spider-Woman took some earth and mixed it with some liquid from her mouth and molded it into two beings. These beings she covered with a cape made of white substance, which was the creative wisdom itself, and she sang the creation song over them. When she uncovered them, the two beings, twins, sat up and asked, Who are we? Why are we here? To the one on the right, Spider-Woman said, You are here to help keep this world in order when life is put upon it. You go now around all the earth and put your hands on it so that it will be fully solid. That is your first duty. Then Spider-Woman said to the twin on the, on the left, You are to keep this world in order when life is put upon it by going about all the world and sending out sound that it may be heard throughout the land. When this is heard, when this is heard, this sound, you will be known as Echo, for all sound echoes the Creator. All sound echoes the Creator. These twins did as they were told, one solidifying the earth into great mountains and leaving some in the lower reaches pliable enough to be used by those beings who would live on them. The other twin sounded out as bidden all the vibratory centers along the earth's axis from pole to pole resounded the call. The whole earth trembled. The universe quivered in tune. Thus was the whole world made an instrument of sound, and sound an instrument for carrying messages, resounding praise to the Creator of all. Nephew then said to Creator, See, this is your voice. Everything is tuned to your sound. Everything is tuned to Creator's sound. It is good, said Creator. The twins were then sent to the North and South Poles to keep the world properly rotating and vibrating. One continued to keep the earth solid and the other to send out vibratory sounds, both of good and for warning, through the vibratory centers of the earth itself. Meanwhile, Spider-Woman herself made from the earth trees, bushes, plants, flowers, all kinds of seed-bearers and nut-bearers to clothe the earth, giving to each a life and a name. In the same manner, she created all kinds of birds and animals, molding them out of the earth, covering them with her white substance cape, and singing the creation song over them, 
She told them to spread to all the four corners of the earth to life. Nephew was very happy seeing how beautiful it all was. The land, the plants, the birds, the animals, and the power working through them all. Joyfully, he said to Creator, Come see what our world looks like now. It is very good, said Creator. It is ready now for human life. So Spider-Woman gathered earth, this time of four colors, yellow, red, white, and black. She mixed these with the liquid of her own mouth, molded them, and covered them with her white substance cape, which was the creative wisdom itself. As before, she sang over them the creation song, and when she uncovered them, these forms were human beings in the image of nephew. Then she created four other beings after her own form. They were female partners for the four male beings she had first created. When Spider-Woman uncovered these forms, they came to life. The forms began to move, but there was still a a dampness on their foreheads and a, a soft spot on the top of their heads. Then the sun appeared above the horizon, drying the dampness and hardening the soft spot. That is the sun, said Spider-Woman. But the forms could not answer her, for they could not yet speak. So she called the Echo Twin, who sent out his call along the world axis to the vibratory centers of the earth so that Nephew would hear and come. And Spider-Woman asked Nephew to give speech to these forms and the wisdom and the power to reproduce So Nephew gave them speech, a different language to each color, with with respect for each other's difference. He gave them the wisdom and the power to reproduce and multiply. Then Nephew said to them, With all these I have given you this world to love on and be happy. There is only one thing I ask of you, to respect the Creator at all times. Wisdom, harmony, and respect for the love of the Creator who made you. May that grow and never be forgotten among you as long as you live. Wisdom, harmony, and respect for the love of the Creator who made you. May it grow and never be forgotten among you as long as you live. And this is most important for us to remember, too. The first men and women understood that their bodies were created to vibrate to the universal sound of the Creator. The living human body and the living body of the earth were the same. And this is most important for us to remember and that I want to emphasize in this little podcast An axis ran through each person to control the equilibrium of his human movements and to vibrate and resonate to the primordial sound of life itself. Several centers, the Hopi believe, where this sound vibrated most particularly were known. 
first the top of the head, where the soft spot had been, and where the first breath of life had entered from the Creator. This open door, as it was called, was the special door for communicating with the Creator. When the person died, it was said, the door opened again for the soul to pass back to the Creator. The other centers were in the brain, the throat, the heart, and under the navel. If a person was sick, a medicine person would touch that sick person on the top of the head, on the forehead, on the throat, the heart, and the stomach to determine what was wrong, and through the vibrations of the cosmic sound, the medicine person could hear the voice of the person's soul. A wise person could hear the voice of the Creator, the music of creation, through these vibratory centers, through these vibratory strings. And the wise person vibrates back with joy and creation of his or her own. The purpose of man and woman was thus to sing the creation song with the Creator and to be in harmony with all of creation. So that is a part of the Hopi creation story I wanted to share with you. As I said, I think it it speaks to much that perhaps we have lost in our current culture. The ability to resonate together, to find that common vibratory core, that common frequency, not only of humanity itself, but of creation itself, that spirit of harmony, that place of resonance and harmony within our society and our culture. How difficult it seems to be at the present moment to find that, but at least to know that peoples that have been here and survived through great peril and much change have had a story, have had a truth that we find in in many, many other uh, creation stories, in many other spiritual traditions, they seem to all hark back to this same idea that there is, there is a frequency, to use the metaphor that we're speaking of today, there is that in us which knows how to resonate with what is good and to be joyful and to give praise for this wonderful, amazing life that we share. Now, I've wandered around in all kinds of directions so far in this podcast, and there's much more to be said and thought about. Um, And I really am eager to have uh, your feedback and your thoughts about resonance and about how we might find that in ourselves to vibrate better with our own highest good, if you will, our own and our own natural frequency. We, we talk a lot about being authentic to our natural self. What, what frequency is, is your unique uh, vibration? And how do you resonate with certain other people who are on that same frequency. And furthermore, how do we all become harmonious 
by getting in touch with that deeper, more, more central, s- significant vibration out of which we're all created as humans and as part of this total universe of creation. I'm eager to, to hear your thoughts and questions and concerns and challenges in regard to this. I welcome your comments about this on our website where this podcast will be found, the oneandallwisdom.com website. Uh, is is the place, of course, where this podcast originates. And on the website, at the same time, I'm going to have a post with some quotations about vibration and song and music itself and the importance of music to our healing, to our health, our well-being. I will uh, have some quotations from people from many, many different uh, traditions and walks of life, current and, and ancient as well. So I invite you to look at that post, and I invite you to comment there, and also on the homepage of the website, oneandallwisdom.com, about this podcast. And until next time, this is Glenda Taylor. Mm-hmm.